0: For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive.
2: That's eckfeld com slash Thrive. Welcome everyone, this is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. And our guest today is Simon Fulman. He is founder and CEO of Hoy, which is a product company uh, in the cannabis space. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the inspiration, the background. Uh, The products are quite beautiful. I've had a chance to not only see them on the website, but actually hold them and touch them and feel them a little bit. And and as uh, originally trained as an architect, uh, I have a certain appreciation for well-designed, well-crafted products, and these are certainly uh, some of the best I've seen, so I'm excited to have this conversation, excited to hear the story, uh, kind of the background to to creating these. So with that, Simon, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you so much, Bruce. Thank you for having me. Yeah,
2: it's a pleasure to have you on. So let's talk a little bit about background because I'm fascinated on the process that you've used, kind of the inspiration that kind of has brought you to these products, because like I said, they're quite not only kind of aesthetically pleasing, but quite, it's clear that you've put a lot of time and energy into designing a highly functional tool that is also, you know, has this aesthetic quality. But what was your background? How did you get into this? What inspired you to launch this product line? Give us a little bit
3: of the backstory. Okay, first of all, thank you so much for your kind words. Exactly what you say right there is why we do what we do, right? It's all about the experience that our consumers and users have and also about the reactions that we see and feel so in terms of my background i'm not educated in terms of any design or business or school in any case i dropped out What is the equivalent of your high school i guess mm-hmm. i'm from denmark i'm 28 years old i moved to london to fulfill my dream of creating this product company Heu. and um, i think for me like i've always smoked cannabis and I really enjoyed the properties of it but I've never really felt that there was a tool or a brand out there that actually resonated with my lifestyle and um so I were working in in corporate business for a while with renewable energy and um and then i moved over into software was invited into a software company where it was quite an interesting journey which actually really uh, sparked my curiosity for entrepreneurship so when we actually uh, finished with that i had so much blood on my tooth to say that i wanted to create something uniquely out of my own and given that I was working with so many digital goods. It was very interesting for me to create something that was actually sitting there in your hand, that you had the opportunity to actually look, feel, and experience Mm -hmm. uh, just you by yourself without having to go through a digital platform, which inspired me to create products. And initially... So in Denmark, where I'm from, we do something, so we smoke splits, right? So we don't smoke pure like the most people in North America do. And that's just a part of our cultural heritage. So I actually started to create a product that I call the Easy Toaster because we toast cigarettes to get rid of all the nicotine properties because that's not a very good chemical reaction in terms of THC. Um, before we actually mix it with the tobacco and then smoke it. Uniquely, I think that's actually very exclusive to Scandinavian countries. I've never seen it anywhere else, actually. But my first device was this product that you could take out. You wouldn't have the hassle of actually having a lighter that would go out if there was wind. It could automatically do it. The idea was that it was going to fit in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And when I started introducing this to like stores... Initially, it was a hobby project where I was actually doing growth management on the side for accelerating businesses in terms of communication, marketing, and sales. And it was just like kind of this hobby project, but I managed to get 1,500 pre-orders In a week, where I just like, (laughs) yeah, drove around to stores and and nobody has ever seen anything like that, right? So obviously it was was super cool. And Bruce, I'm telling you, I was coming with this like 3D printed prototype that was falling apart, and I was coming with like excuses every time I was showcasing it. But they they saw the passion and they saw the idea, right? (laughs) Yeah. Little duct tape on the side, yeah. Hundred percent, man. Like I even had like a glue gun that fitted into the cigarette (laughs) ignition in the car. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and that really, like, ignited my fire. And and then basically, when I started actually doing some serious business analysis on it, and then again, not coming from a proper business education, I had to, like, Google my for- myself in terms of, like, so how do you actually make this into a proper business. Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, I was doing like P&Ls and I was doing like marketing strategies. And I was like, there's 5.6 million people in Denmark, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a certain percentage of that that was actually smoking on mm-hmm. what I call a, a habitual usage, which is people that smoke 20 or more times a month. That was actually in my target market acquisition okay. opportunity. And then I quickly just finalized. So even though I like, I did fifteen hundred pre- pre-orders from shops I wanted to do it, like the market in terms of the R&D needed and the manufacturing cost actually to be able to scale this, it was simply not doable. Yeah. Um, it would, like for me, that was like, it would be like um, a few million Danish crowns, but a few mi- million Danish crowns is like, it takes like 1.2. Uh, $120,000 to make a million Danish crowns, right? Okay. That really got me excited in the idea. until I reached out to manufacturers and they're like, dude, you have no idea about market scalability <laughs> like um, <laughs> right, this market is huge and then i started looking to the numbers and then i founded hoy in september 2017 after figuring out that so it was actually called easy inventions before and thus okay. the easy toaster because it toasted cigarettes easy i thought it was a it. genius that yeah. was before i learned about branding <laughs> um, <laughs> right yeah, and uh, yeah and basically what happened was so i was in contact with these manufacturers and they were like, okay, so we kind of like the avenues that you're you're taking here, but try to look at the market as a whole. And then I saw like according statista, like a government analytic company, right? It was like 2016, so there's three hundred and twenty five million people smoking, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, wow, we can actually make something out of this. But how many people of those actually smoke of this certain use certain tools yeah. for their consumption yeah. methods, right? And uh, and then I figured like, okay, so sixteen point four percent they smoke pipe, right? And everybody that normally smokes, they would use a grinder. And like, I was really, for me, it was not that much of the product that I developed. It was just for creating something that actually made our simpler, more easy experience, thus easy inventions, right? for mm-hmm. the smoker as a whole. And then, in so basically they were like, okay, dude, we kind of like what you have going there, but let's see what you actually can do and then we can might might figure out our collaboration. And um, then in December 2018, i have been working for quite a few months in terms of, of figuring out what kind of tools that I wanted to create, because I really, I did not have the financial opportunity to actually mm. go into manufacturing myself, right? Uh, hardware development is quite expensive. I found out after like I like moved out of my <laughs> apartment and lived on my friend's uh, couches just to like fund my 3D prints for the easy toaster. And I thought that 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 was going to be the thing, but then going into mass manufacturing, that's an entire different game in terms of molding and tools that you need. And then I came up with this ecosystem, right? Where it's like a grow, store, smoke and learn that I really wanted to build, right? So products in individual segments. So what you have tried here, Clip, Clip means slice in Danish, which is why it has the blade, right? Yeah. And then kül, cool, which is our pipe, which means cool in Danish, too cool, right? Because it cools the smoke. Yeah. So you won't have um, a coughing experience. We'll go yeah. into that later. And... Um, so this ecosystem was born out of uh, at that point six products we're now in terms of roadmap building nine products in total um, but obviously we need to generate some revenue from the first initial products we are having here to be able to fulfill that dream and uh, and then I figured out okay wait we need to figure out where is it easiest for us so basically my I come from growth hacking right yeah. so how yeah, could I growth hack this yeah so how can yeah. I growth hack this journey into becoming fastest to market route so like, what does that mean? I mean in,
2: this con- in this context, what does a growth hacking strategy look like?
3: So we have a, a saying in Danish, right? And uh, my father, he always uh, hated me for for saying this, being a, a proper conservative guy, right? Uh-huh. Um, so it's like, don't jump over where the fence is the lowest. And the reason why we say that is because the fence is always the lowest, where the soil is the muddiest. So you'll get dirty shoes. Uh-huh. And my opinion has always been, well, why don't you just put a sheet? Uh, wood on the other side and then jump over, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the most effective route to getting where you need to be, but you're being smart about it. Yeah. So basically it's like, it's being smart, but lazy, or lazy, but smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like in Europe, as a European citizen, it works like the United States, right? You can move from state to state, thus country mm-hmm. to country without any hassle. You just need to bring your passport and go down to the government office and get issued your social security number. Mm-hmm. So... London, first of all, is the biggest city in Europe. I'm from our town in Denmark, with 40,000 people. Don't laugh. It's <laughs> called Middelfart. It's <laughs> not the, the proudest place to say you're from when you're speaking with internationals. I
0: love it.
3: Um, but it made me who I am, right? And yeah. so, so basically, in the UK, there's some very beneficial product development tax reliefs that makes it very effective for startup companies to actually create hardware products, also digital products, if you can prove IP. Mm. Which is why I moved here. And um, I had the unique opportunity that my sister and brother-in-law, they were already living in England. So I can actually mm-hmm. move into my nephews, like three square square meters bedroom, sharing with them. They were one year old at that, at that time. <laughs> yeah. So the deal was I could come here, start to build a network, start to build a company and start to meet the kind of people that could help me accelerate the growth, like basically fundamentally building a team. As long as I was sitting every single morning and taking care of them so they could get some sleep. I happily took that deal. I love them to bits. I but oh it. my God. Yeah. It, uh, do you have t- children, Bruce? Oh, I do.
2: I have several of them i <laughs> know, oh, know yeah. the pain you went through
3: <laughs> oh yeah that's right right <laughs> so basically <laughs> i'm sitting there like as a zombie every morning and we have those like so they're one egg twins right they are little rascals. I got to give them to them, but I love them. So we have those like chairs that when you could sit your foot on and then basically it like uh, sways back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I was just sitting like a zombie, like sitting with the feet, like ding, 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 each of them just hoping that they will not, because if one wakes up, the other wakes up and mm-hmm. then the madness happens. And um, working on, back then, easy inventions every single um, every single day and then in the weekends, slaving my ass as a bartender Friday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. getting in 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. Um, and then Sunday from 10 a.m. until 4 or 5 p.m. and then like it just started but it was great because you know I moved to a city and not mm-hmm. having like a normal job where you would meet colleagues and actually or going to an education where you would meet people bartending was my way of kind of like creating a society uh, mm-hmm. well, not a society that's not right terminology that's my danglish but like a community right yeah community um, network. Exactly, right? Yeah. And it led me to actually meeting one of my very good friends and, um, and a person I work with, Stuart, who taught me everything about, and that's going back to how, how much a fool I was with these inventions, everybody mm-hmm. about branding. And he put me in touch with some other people, uh, Lucia, who actually is the one that built... Hi. Uh, immediately, initially, I was very much against it. But again, like I think, and why?
2: Why were you, why were you against it? Like, what was it? The so why did it not work for
3: you? Yeah, that's a very good question. So because I really wanted to create something that really disassociated itself from the. Like, and this is what everybody says, right? The subculture that it's derived from, like small red figurines with red eyes. And I really wanted to be a mature decision for the young professional that mm-hmm. could have a piece of equipment that was aspirational for them. That mm-hmm. did not look like something that the traditional culture comes from. And hoi, meaning high in Danish, really, really took it away from me until I really until we started to narrow it down. And we came up with the catchphrase, the new high. And the new high, the reason why we call it that is because it actually takes, because being high, especially in Europe, you're much more further ahead in in North America than we are. It actually is so associated with stoned. and stone yeah. is not a, a positive word. It it really associated with you sitting on your couch in your morning robe all day, slamming yeah. a bong, watching South Park. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not a mm-hmm. picture that you want to put into your employer, for an example. Yeah,
2: right. It's not, it's not it's not the brand that you wanted to create.
3: Exactly, yeah. right. Yeah. And then actually, the new high, we could rebrand high as hoy, as becoming something that really turned it around and gave it back to the origin of the nature of actually sharing experiences, sharing ideas, having the giggly in front of a fireplace and actually mm-hmm. expanding your mindset, making you try to pursue something better or something different, which often is better.
2: How much, I mean, I'm curious, how much of this was for you, you know, a Danish project for a Danish market or, you know, a Danish product for a European market or an international market? I was just, the whole kind of, cultural linguistic kind of play here is quite interesting how, how did you kind of navigate or how did you think about that strategically
3: so strategically it basically came down to like when i looked at the easy toaster and they told me you need to look at this, this entire market i immediately thought globally right and so the interesting thing with so danish design we have been branded as good designers which yeah, have exactly. come me to, like, have, I've never designed a product in my life before. <laughs> you get <right>? a <laughs> <up hold> here. <laughs> right, yeah, but the, but the cool thing is, so when people, like, you've seen the design, and I'm completely biased here, but I think it's great, right? Yeah. So people, when they see the product and they ask, where you are from? I'm Danish, and they're like, ah, that's why. And I'm like, guys, it, it might be a, a good heritage, but it has nothing to do <laughs> with who we really are, right? Yeah. But it's really fortunate for me, actually, having that in the baggage. Yeah. Um, but then when we came down to it, actually, so hoy, what really took it for a, a good aspect is because in terms of advertisement as you know we're extremely restricted mm-hmm. we can't do retarget advertisement we can't do any original terms of, of advertising it's starting to open a little bit more up but like we can't use the most effective tool which is retarget advertisement on facebook and instagram right yeah. cheapest most effective uh, advertising. so hoi, because it's hard to pronunciate and it had such a deep meaning Hoi also means like tall or elevated in danish so yeah. it also stands yeah. for everything we want to achieve like better production standards, higher experiences, mm-hmm. and so forth. But because it's hard to pronounce it, it becomes a word-of-mouth topic because people will pronounce it wrong, but those mm-hmm. who know how to pronounce it, they'll start to educate their surroundings. Yeah, you're like in the club. Exactly, right? Yeah, but not only yeah. that, again, like just having that extra vertical as a topic of speech actually increases our brand awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, which was super interesting marketing-wise. Uh, yeah. So that's one of the reasons. And okay. then again, like the it's just a tribute to my heritage. Like I'm a global citizen, and like for me, no matter where you're from, we are always equal. But I'm very mm-hmm. proud to be Danish. So yeah. the brand colors you see on the the white and the red. If you go and Google the national flag of Denmark right now, you'll see yep. that we're actually only a few Pantones away from the original colors. So that's my subtle tribute to the heritage.
2: No, I like it. I like it. And tell me about kind of the product, you know, choices, product strategy. You know, how have you looked at with the grinder and the pipe? And, you know, what? how did you I guess, choose what you wanted to kind of build? Do you have, what's your kind of general strategy in terms of choosing in the, what products to build now and in the future? And then how do you go about kind of deciding the order or the, the kind of the the flow of these in time?
3: Yeah, okay, so that's a good question. So overall, initially, I decided to use the grinder and the pipe, and Clip, simply because of the vast majority of actually using those tools. So, Mm -hmm. and the first two products, as you see.
2: So just market, there was a market need for those. So that was a good point of entry for you from a product point of view.
3: Correct. But also the aspect of that we were not in need of any electronics in those two first products because it's, Basically, like aluminium, right? All the way through. Uh, aluminium and stainless steel for the parts that touch the herbs, so we're making it as hygienic and antibacterial as possible. So mm-hmm. basically, there was the lowest, it was the lowest manufacturing cost and the fastest go-to-market route because we didn't have mm-hmm. to go through electrical certifications. So we could generate brand awareness, market penetration, so we had brand equity for when we release our more electronically focused products so people know who we are so we didn't have to go through that barrier so Mm -hmm. in terms of being cost effective for us having pure mechanical products in the beginning would be low investment, faster go-to-market, while we in the background can focus on the higher investment and longer go-to-market product, mm-hmm. right? So it was the perfect balance of the two.
2: Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, and I, I think that's you're kind of learning on or applying kind of the growth hacking experiences and knowledge that you had and kind of learning the business side as you went, you know, smart point of entry. Um, I mean, I guess, was that pretty obvious for you or did, I guess how much did that shift over time? And then how, tell me a little bit about actually getting these products to market. What were some of the challenges?
3: Of course. Yeah. So as I told you, in December 2018, I came up with this product roadmap of initially six products, Mm -hmm. which I wanted to create in the four different segments, grow, store, smoke and learn. And then from there was easy choosing, right? What is the fastest go to market? Because, you know, manufacturing and, you know, barrier of entry. So curl and clip was the obvious choice. So that was known from the beginning, especially because I already had that hurdle to pass when I came with the Easy Toaster, which is a technically hard product to build because it has low frequency range. And we use a lot of heating sensors and stuff like that. So there was a lot of certifications in terms of the electronics we had to go through. So I already learned that. So I was like, OK, we need to do something purely mechanical. And then just in terms of like the hurdles of, of creating the product. So I think a lot of people, they look at the products and then they're like, well, it's, it's aluminum, so they're probably CNC'd. Uh, but no, we actually helped develop and, and finesse a brand new manufacturing method that I unfortunately, Bruce, cannot talk too much about before <laughs> we actually are applied yeah. into, into patent because we're only patent pending right now. Okay. Um, but we actually, yeah. So the problem we had in terms of manufacturing, we're actually seven months delayed in terms of launching. We've been launched a little bit over a month right now you know but we simply had no references where we could go like, we have these obstacles in terms of manufacturing. How do we solve these? Because nobody has done it before. And uh, and that was, first of all, extremely interesting. So painstaking, right? I will say blood, sweat and tears, right? Honestly, Mm -hmm. because like you're sitting and you're extremely frustrated and we are not like a a VC funded company, right? Like I put a lot of my own money into it, but I also Mm -hmm. had uh, some strategic partners that allowed me to pursue my dreams. But again, it's not like we had a million dollars to throw away at manufacturing and when you're yeah. trying to do something unique and new you are going to run into hurdles and it's uh, it's been hard but you know when you sit with the product and again like I've sent it out to people and the responses that we're getting from the initial batches that we actually put out right now people are writing emails to us Bruce in terms of like proper small like novels like 25 sentence emails how about yeah. about how much they love the product and that's why it's all worth it yeah. so that barrier to entry in terms of going to market right now it's really, it's really paying off
2: yeah and tell me about the product design i mean cuz uh, you said that you you're not trained as a you know product designer or industrial designer like how did you come up with the designs what was that process what would it look like who did you collaborate with how did because you know, they are quite beautiful they're quite stunning and they're you know they're a little unique i mean it's not i wouldn't say they're obvious so i'm just kind of curious what that process was like and and how that that kind of form and the and the design kind of gave birth
3: of course yeah so I think in terms of not having a traditional education where you've been formatized, that's a proper English word, gave me the opportunity to actually look outside of the box. And I've always lived by something like a phrase, like being normal never got you part of my language, fucking anywhere.
2: Um,
3: And um, so I'm very, very lucky in the terms that I can't draw anything, like not even stigments. It looks horrible. But one of my very good childhood friends is coincidentally a mechanical engineer. So initially when I started out with wanting to create the easy toaster, he was the obvious choice. So I was like, uh, hey, Matthias, shout out to Matthias. Dude, yeah. you have made us to who we are today. <laughs> Basically, uh, he helped me in terms of, of cat development, but also because I've always been growth, growth hack mindset wise. So I always draw in the newest and the newest technologies for us to actually pursue it. And then... The beautiful synergy that we had between us in terms of developing the products was like I knew exactly what I wanted, so I built like mood boards in terms of shapes and forms. And because yeah. he's a mechanical engineer, he was like, "Dude, that cannot be done because like you need that tool to be able to process that, and in terms of manufacture that, we need to be able to have these certain angles, right?" And um, mm-hmm. and then again, me being, I'm sure he will he will say, "Yes, it is a psychopath sometimes in terms of what I want." Uh, <laughs> I was just like, we we would sit like you don't have the pipe, right? But there's a little wrinkle on it. And, and that shape, it took us three months to achieve. And like, I think like, he hated me while we were going through that as much as I hated him because, like, we just, I, I, I just knew that we needed that little wrinkle to be able to achieve the synergy between the geometric and the organic shapes of the pipe, right? And, uh, but in the end, we worked so well together, like, we've been friends, we smoked a lot of weed together, right? <laughs> is, that, uh, is that the trick?
2: <laughs> is that uh, business partners, cannabis business partners just need to be able to smoke together on a regular basis and that solves most of the problems?
3: Yeah, no, like, I, I don't think so because, like, he actually, he's stopped smoking quite a while ago. It was just like, just gave us that initial bond and then we just kept friends afterwards. And I thought like the energy for creating something new that we knew was going to be something that gave that wow effect, right? It's not about creating a product, right? It's about creating experience. Yeah, and and that's what changes the game. But just just in general, like having that synergetic relationship between of something that can actually realistically be done, and then wanting the impossible, and then again having the growth hack example of using mathematical formulas that actually is naturally pleasing aesthetically for your brain. So like the golden cut, for an example, having. Having like symmetrical angles, making sure mm-hmm. that everything, so you see that on the grinder when you sit with it, it's completely symmetrical. And um, a fun little thing is if you go up in the decimals in terms of the product design, this is where we went way too far, to be honest, but they all go up in, <laughs> in 420 at some point. But again, that's a yeah. story to be able to tell, <laughs> but it, we went too far. Like it took us two years to to develop two products. Really? Um, yeah. yeah, it did, right? But it was worth it, I'll have to say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And some of the other products that you've got in your product line, I mean, what what is what does this roadmap look like that you're working on?
3: So basically you have smoke and store here, right? Basically. So prep and store goes under the same category. Unfortunately, I will not delve too much into what we have in the product line right. because we already yeah. have prototypes. And if you want to patent something, and in the end, like in this game, intellectual property is the only thing that matters. Yeah. Um, so I will lose patent eligibility if I was talking too much about it right here.
2: Yeah, no, it's always like the challenge kind of with early stage of getting things to market, but protecting your, your IP around it. What are some of the other kind of challenges you've kind of faced or things that have come up for you as you've kind of grown, kind of looked at scaling the business or looked at, you know, getting more product to market or, or get the product out to more market? What are some of the challenges you've run into?
3: So again, we've only been launched for a little bit over a month. So okay. it's hard to define how many problems we've had on the individual Aspects that you're talking about right there, but just in terms of like going to market exposure obviously has been our biggest hurdle. We are a European based company out of London. And thus, we do not have the opportunity to go to events in California to generate that kind of exposure, to meet up with influencers, to build communications that help you get out in the world or even in Canada, for an example. So just getting word of mouth has been a really, really big challenge for us, which is why we go so much up in terms of our aesthetics on our social media channels, because hopefully that will generate us a little bit of brand equity and get us on the map um, to get the next products developed. So that's basically a game of us being able to successfully sell these products to generate revenue so we can funnel money into R&D. We already have several prototypes ready, but then getting those to market, it will generate like Wu-Tang Clan said it best, cream, cash rules, everything around me, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, So we need to generate cash to funnel into R&D so we can bring more products to market. I think uh, just in terms of the business in general, we are a remote team, and we've been that from the beginning. So for us, I always say, like you need to build a company culture before you build a company, right? And
2: I like that, yeah.
3: And so basically... I call this the water cooler mentality. A lot of the culture is built around the coffee machine or the water cooler, where you're on your breaks, you go up, you get your cup of coffee, or you get your water, and you chat with your, your colleague. And um, basically, that's really hard when you're an exclusively remote team so one of the things that i focused a lot on in terms of building this culture was so we've integrated our intranet that functions both as our wiki for shared knowledge so shared mm-hmm. knowledge is always gained knowledge everyone that works on a specific avenue in the company always say like we need to go in and then put that into a formulated way that it's easy digestible and then it goes up on the views feed i'll send you some screenshots i'm pretty sure you'll like it it works both as an app And Mm -hmm. as web browser, but also works as a social feed. So if somebody has a birthday, or if somebody does a good achievement, or we run an internal competition. In term, we had a recent competition about like album of the week. We put it out on Instagram and we Mm -hmm. voted against each other to like get that kind of team feeling and competition. And then like that generated a little bit of water cooler technology uh, culture. But Mm -hmm. for us, uh, we really needed some somewhere where we could see each other. So I've integrated. Just like a basic link on uh, like a hotkey on the internet, which we call the glass wall. And this is actually part of a future project. So in terms of patent eligibility, I'll have to spill a little bit on this. <laughs> but I, <laughs> So basically, it's an always online conference room. We use Hangouts yeah. for that. So the first thing you do when you start working, you go and you press on that. You don't have to be on camera. You don't have to uh, be on voice. You can just mute it. But So when everybody is working, basically we are always one click away for seeing and listening to each other, which gives us this kind of feeling that we're sitting behind a glass wall, right? Mm -hmm. So you can almost touch and feel each other, but not quite there, but it's the best we get right now. So my idea for... When we have um, become of a reasonable size and we can afford to invest in it, I really want to create like offices. So we have people right now sitting in in Malta, Los Angeles, Shenzhen, Hong Kong. Denmark, and here in London. And um, so we are not like, it sounds like we are like a massive team, but everybody is just working on five to 10 hours a week. So making it affordable for us to be able to do it. But again, it's a community and it's a culture and we've effectively built that. Yeah. Um, and when we have that at one point, we will have a, like a small, like accessible office, like we work and go into, and there will be a tablet. At one point, it will become a wall with microphones, with proximity centers. When you go close to that tablet or close to that mall, the microphone activates, and then you can speak with the, pic, uh, the people in the different countries. So it feels like you're actually standing next to them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Some big ideas. I like. I'm, I'm fascinated how. Sort of a common set of principles or ideas have, I think, influenced you not only in on the product design and the company design, but really in the kind of the culture and the community you want to build you know, for your people that are working there. Thank you. So um, if people want to find out more about you, about Hoy, what's the best way to get that information?
3: So they can go to www.hoj.hoteloscarjuliet.life, Lima, Idaho, Foxtrot, Echo, or they can write to simon at life. And um, all our platforms is basically hoj.live, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, website. So it's basically like that. If you get hoj.live, you can find us everywhere.
2: Great. I'll put the uh, links in the show notes so people look through. Simon, so, mean, this has been a pleasure. I love hearing stories of kind of the early struggles of business, and uh, I think you've you know you like I said you've got a really interesting and, and well crafted, well designed product. So you know kudos on that, and I'm looking forward to kind of keeping in touch and seeing how this plays out. I know you've got a, a big future ahead of you, and uh, looking forward to. hearing hearing how it goes. But thank you for taking time today.
3: Thank you, Bruce. A pleasure was all mine.
1: You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter.